Hey guys, it's Matt here, and I got a story for you. When I was a kid, I was playing hockey, and oh man, there was this one year, this one team, we could not beat these guys. They were all over us. There were competitive games, though. They were tight, but we just could not beat them. And I remember the last game of the year, it was up against this team, and we were gearing up. We were like, we have to get these guys. When we won that last game, it was so satisfying because we finally got the victory over the team that had dummied us, that had dominated us for so long. I think this is the same thing with sexual brokenness, with sexual sin, where there's been brokenness in our lives and the enemy has come and taken ground and he's dominated us for so long, but we get to make a difference. We get to be part of a message and a a mission of freedom. It is such a cool opportunity. So I want to invite you, men and women of any age, to be part of the Action Squad. The Action Squad is something that we're putting together right now. We're looking for 100 people to be on the Action Squad. There's going to be some competitive nature to it. There's prizes. And we're going to work together to help produce a documentary that is literally going to change the world. We're featuring stories of sexual brokenness, of people who have been restored and redeemed, reconciled to God and to people in their their lives. And we're going to feature these stories in this world-class documentary that will be a resource for churches to host movie nights, for small small groups to watch together, for families to watch and be inspired by. And it's going to highlight the problem in the church, but also show the, the power of God that is at work when we bring this stuff to light. And so if you want to be part of the Action Squad and help us put this documentary together, I would love for you to go to restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. You can watch a 10-minute video there that I put together on what it can look like for you to join us in this mission and be part of putting this documentary together. So restoredministries.ca slash Action Squad. Hope to see you there. Welcome to the Pure Victory Podcast, full of hot tips to help you win at sex, conquer porn, and find purpose in staying free forever. Here are your hosts, Matt Klein and Braden Hafner. Hey, 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 welcome back to another Pure Victory Podcast episode. Matt and Braden here. And uh, everybody likes talking about fantasies, right? Sexual fantasies. This is probably probably the most comfortable thing that anybody ever talks about, really, and especially in a public space. Uh, you talk about weather, and then you talk about your fantasies with <laughs> strangers on the street, right? Yes, we all do that. <laughs> I hope you don't, but... <laughs> hey, my name's Matt. What's your name? Hey, good to meet you. What are your sexual fantasies? <laughs> yeah, it's not an easy thing to talk about, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, but because of that, because it's not easy, that's why we want to talk about it, because a lot of people lay really do struggle i mean even for us it's uh it's something that we've had to grow in and grow in our understanding of how important it is to talk about it too so mm-hmm. it's uh yeah we're glad you're here because this is a really important one and i think that i think that your eyes are going to be open because a lot of people's eyes are open when we talk about this and um one one thing that i just want to share is that is that as a ministry if you go to restoredministries.ca and click on get help the one of the options there is uh, is to book a cleansing hour and cleansing hours are i love them they're really they're really they're i guess i, I was going to say they're really chill just i say that because it's there's uh, there's not a ton of structure but i don't want to make it sound like like it's just too chill because people that come they're really nervous and the reason why people are nervous is because really all it is is just a chance to talk to to me or talk to different people about the things that you're carrying the secrets things that you feel heavy about and it's an opportunity to just get them off your chest and so one of the things that we talk about lots in these cleansing hours is fantasies and uh, and the reason is because 
it's one thing like Brad and you always say, don't just confess lust. Like talk <laughs> about porn. Like, yeah. like don't just confess, oh, I lusted this week. Like, no, how many times did you watch porn? Did you watch porn? Did you masturbate? Like get specific. But then with that, confessing porn is one thing. Confessing the type of porn, like the fantasy that's mm-hmm. in your mind, that's a whole another thing. It's sometimes even more shameful. I think that it's easier to say, hey, I struggle with porn than to tell somebody, you know, what my fantasy is or what kind of porn I watch or why I watch that kind of porn. Because we think that that's the thing that will cause people to reject me or that's the thing that will cause people to look at me like I'm, you know, crazy or, or you know, I'm the only one, right? And I think these things are the, the ones that can really tie up our heart really wrap up our heart in you know kind of a prison because the fantasies and the porn often are linked to each other i'd say they are linked to each other and we do have to talk about fantasy because often that is we pull the thread right and there's something to this there's something that this fantasy is tied to that we need healing for and so we do need to break this down we do need to unpack what our fantasies are even if it feels uncomfortable i'm gonna say it's the best thing you can do you know and i'm I'm, like i said we joked about telling strangers we do this in a safe environment with someone that you trust that can help you navigate this and cleansing hours are great go to the website book yourself for one of those this is an opportunity for you to do that but we need to tell somebody that can work through this with us and that can show that love and acceptance for us even whatever we fantasize about and often i know matt you're mentioning before we did this our fantasy typically aren't something that we'd actually really like to live out. They're even usually they're advanced or they're um, the behavior is, you know, something that's even more, more so than what reality could give us. So we think that that's where the shame lies, right? Like we want to reenact something or we want to live out something. And we're just so worried that if that gets out, well, that's the end of my life. You know, yeah. no, I, I can never talk to anybody or look anybody in the eye ever again. And that's really based in that hiddenness that the enemy tries to keep us stuck in. Hiddenness that no one loves me, no one accepts me. God will never accept me if I just revealed these things. Well, God knows these things and he cares. He does care about these things. And it's for you and with you. And he wants to bring healing to these areas. Yeah, fantasies, they, they're weird. Like you're saying, they're more advanced. They're, they're more, they're weird. Like they're, it's, yeah. it, uh, they often go further. They go beyond anything that yeah. one of what we would want to act out. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, there's so much shame that comes with it. And people like, like you're saying, like, if this ever gets out, what would people think of me? Yeah. And I just like to say to people, and this is kind of a paradigm shift, but instead of claiming it as your fantasy, See it as this is this is the fantasy that Satan, that the enemy has for you. For example, you would never want to, you know, get involved with incest or bestiality, like with animals. Mm-hmm. But then why do people fantasize about that stuff? Yeah. Like why why do you watch pornography that's about a stepsister and a stepbrother? Or right. why do you watch that stuff if you wouldn't if yeah. you wouldn't actually want to act it out? Well, I think that that's the fantasy that Satan wants you to dwell on. And then that creates so much shame and binds you up so that you can never get free. Because if it's so extreme that you don't want to expose it, then when it stays hidden, it's got a hold on you. And so the paradigm shift is to not just say, this is my fantasy, but to go, man, Satan, like almost like screw you for giving me (laughs) this fantasy. I'm just going to rejoice in God and do what he says. And I'm going to expose it because he says to expose darkness. Yeah. And I mean, these are things that we we just need to get real about and stop the hiddenness stop the you know the shame with this stuff and that's going to take an effort on your part to start confessing these things and talking about these things when i first was getting healing from porn 
this was the area I didn't want to talk about. I didn't want to go here with anybody. It was too shameful. It was one of those things where, hey, I'm going to get free from porn and I don't want to deal with this. I'll put this in the corner somewhere in a box and I hope no one ever asks me to unpack this. And God doesn't work that way because he cares about our whole heart. So to get full healing and to grow in the process of healing, this is something we do need to talk about because I'm going to tell you what, you might be free from porn, you might get there, you might have sobriety, but if you don't deal with these fantasies, fantasies will still stay entrenched in your life. You'll still go to them. You'll still kind of reenact these in your mind and you might, you know, struggle in this area. You might not look at porn, but you're still battling fantasy and it's just as damaging to you as porn is. Maybe not as advanced as far as behavior goes, but it will lead you down a dark trail that might lead you back to porn. You know, that's really what the enemy's goal is to keep pulling us back in. And fantasy, if we keep it in our life, it's like that tick that never goes away, right? And so we do have to talk about these things and begin to understand why we go to these fantasies because they're all often tied to something, right? Like something in our childhood. That's why I was just telling Matt, you know, like, so sometimes you see this porn where it's reenacting maybe, you know, a Disney princess or, you know, anime porn is a big thing, right? Like yeah. kids grew up with that, so they want to go to anime porn. You know, these are, these are things that are tied to a fantasy or something as a kid, maybe that we experienced, or maybe we were attracted to the little mermaid. I don't know. I'm not saying that for me, you guys, but <laughs> somewhere, right? And so they want to reenact these things. And so we have to have some understanding. And usually as a kid, maybe sometimes there was some trauma associated with that too. And some emotion and feeling that came about that we never understood or knew how to deal with back then. I was attracted to the Little Mermaid, not not the bottom half, but the top <laughs> yeah, half. I was not the fish half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I mean, that's I haven't thought about that for years, but I'm going. Oh, back sorry, I brought it up. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, funny, but no, it, it's true. There's always a reason. So when this, just to share some stories, when I was single, I would just, uh, you know, like I never had sex till I would marry until I was married. So the fantasy for me wasn't really that extreme it wasn't it, it was kind of vanilla i guess it would just be intercourse i just crave right intercourse i just you know the the category of porn would kind of change but more so it would, it would just be people coming together one person one man one woman and it would just be intercourse and so when i would be on my own not watching porn if i was fantasizing that's what i would think about but once i got married i wasn't even watching porn but the fantasy changed and so our first couple of years of of marriage, first few years was was kind of rough. It was kind of rocky figuring things out. And so we also had sex or, or trauma with sex. Like there was just a you know a medical things, and there was trauma that happened with sex. And so one thing that that did was it created a lot of trouble with with having sex, but also just a, a, an emotional disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so one thing that. I used to fantasize about, and I haven't really last few years because I, I kind of, I did what we, what we talk about and dealing with fantasies. I started talking about it and thinking about why and praying about it. But one thing that I started fantasizing about was just meeting like random girls on the beach or in different places at the gym and just meeting random girls and just hooking up. Mm-hmm. And I never fantasized about that before. Like I had opportunities when I was single that I didn't act on, that I didn't think about. It, it just, it wasn't a thing. But after I got married, it's kind of like like Satan always wants you to think about the grass greener on the other side. And so when I was single, I wouldn't be having sex. So I'd crave intercourse and now I'm married and now I'm craving going, you know, going outside of marriage. And so 
It's just, you know, I always say that, like, there's no porn video that says husband and wife comes together, makes love, and cuddles after. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, right. Like, perversion is always about, yeah. Yeah, about perversion, I guess. And so the fantasy would be to meet random girls. And right. you, you tie that in, like, Brad, and you're saying there's always a reason for the fantasy. And mm-hmm. so I would just be going, man, this marriage is so uncomfortable right now. We're not having the intimacy that we want to have. Why didn't I ever do this when I was single? Mm-hmm. It would have actually been fun if I did that when I was single. Why didn't wow. I do that? And so it's craving not just the sex, but like the fun attached to it or like just, you know, being able to meet different people or or just have a, a lighter experience rather than it kind of being heavy because we experience heaviness in, in the marriage. So just an example to go with, and maybe we'll share a couple more, but yeah. an example to go with, with fantasy and how there's always a reason behind it. So when mm. you start digging into that with the Lord and, and understanding it, it can kind of start to help you on that healing process. Yeah, there, it helped me a lot as God was directing me in my healing process. And these are things where we matter to talk about this. We're still healing. We're in the process just as much as you are. But I know for me, there was fantasy growing up tied into what I was interested in as far as porn goes as well too. But um, with with women that were maybe a little, had a little bit more power over me. And I'm not talking like bondage or anything like that. It was more like m- maybe a little bit of authority or whatever else. And, you know, I didn't really understand anything about that. You didn't think much about it, you know, when you're struggling with porn or, or you're, you're craving that. But I remember God just reminding me of something that happened when I was growing up. So when I was a little boy, I stayed over at um, another family's house and, you know, there, there was a girl that was a little bit older than me there, but she had her own stuff. I don't know if she had something from her past, but she wanted to reenact something she'd seen on TV, man and woman getting together naked and kissing, right? For some reason she saw this and she thought it would be a good idea to reenact that with me. As a little boy, I didn't understand. I didn't have any understanding of what that meant or why she wanted to do that. But as a little kid, you're innocent. Okay, sure, whatever. So I tried that with her um, and I not didn't really understand what that meant. And it had an effect on me, a profound effect on me. And while it only lasted a little bit and nothing came from it, I'm so thankful that was the only thing I experienced. It could have been much worse. I've heard of horror stories with stuff like this, but for me, that was the extent of it. But it did affect me. It hurt my heart um, in ways I didn't understand as a little kid. And I didn't understand how to express that to anybody. So, you know, this, this little girl had a little bit more power over me because she was older than me. So this played out in my fantasy world, you know, as growing up and in, in looking at porn and understanding that though, and going back to that moment and praying through that and allowing God to work in my heart in those moments helped me understand where this fantasy was coming from. And then I could get some healing have some understanding, you know, realize that what happened to me there was leading me in certain things. And you know what we say fantasy, you know, sometimes you think it's just, it's just you and it's just in your mind, but often we try to get that emotion we get through the fantasy in our sex lives with our spouses. We, we want to recreate something there because that's what we feel will sexually satisfy us. So this can be destructive in real time, right? Like with our sexual lives. And so I'm so thankful that God was working in my heart in this way because this could have seriously hurt my wife. And you know, and in some ways it did because I was still dealing with this in our, in our marriage um, early on. With, with some of these things where maybe I'm trying to recreate an emotion or feeling tied to those fantasies. And when my wife wasn't able to do that, because she shouldn't have to, you know, these are things that, this isn't a healthy sex thing. Right. You know, then I feel disappointed and she feels disappointed and there's a little bit of a letdown there. 
And so this can this baggage can come into our relationships as well. So it's so important that we allow God to work on us in these areas and he will help you. He'll go back to those moments with you. And it might seem like I don't want to go there. I don't want to I don't want to recreate that in my mind. Well, you know what? God is a loving, gracious God and even though heart surgery hurts, believe me, the healing process that comes from it is so much better than holding on to something for years and years. Oh yeah. And the interesting thing with with that always for me is somebody else might have that exact same experience that you had and it led to you talking or, or thinking and dreaming fantasizing about a woman being dominant mm-hmm. well somebody else might have that same experience and start fantasizing about being the dominant person yeah and dominating right. someone else yeah. and like we're all just so complex and emotional and we perceive things differently and so it's not a black and white thing but often when you expose your fantasy you start thinking about your fantasy it will go back to to, to something there's another episode, podcast episode, it's episode 16 called Taking Fantasies Captive. And you can you can listen to that. It's really just about where fantasies come from. And it's helped a lot of people. It's really helped even us, Brad and I, in understanding that, just this concept of what we're talking about. But today we're talking lots about exposing and how important it is to acknowledge where it comes from, to expose where it came from, to expose the kind of fantasy it is. And so One thing that we like to encourage our leaders to do, our group leaders, is to just get ahead of it when it's so weird for people to share what Mm -hmm. they fantasize about. And so just to say, like what I say with people is I say, hey, I get that it's weird. It's so weird to share fantasies. And this is before somebody has shared. And I just say, man, often like fantasies are weirder than anything that we would want to act out. And the reason is because it's making somebody more comfortable. Like, okay, you're not going to see me as some weirdo. (laughs) You understand (laughs) how fantasies are weird. And so then, you know, I like to say to people like, hey, there's all kinds of fantasies. There's fantasies about bestiality like with animals there's fantasies about incest and same sex stuff and you know group stuff and there's there's just there's so many different kinds of fantasies and so you get ahead of it by talking about it you you get it out and then so all of a sudden someone's like okay well you know my fantasy is only like one of those or two of those you've listed five or six so i guess you know at least i'm not like the incest one i'm the same sex one i guess i can share right and so if you're ever leading somebody or impacting somebody or you know influencing them you can just get ahead of it like that and just share like hey i know that there's all these various kinds of fantasies and you list them and it helps people feel more comfortable and this happens all the time where people are like, okay, I guess I'm willing to share. I wasn't willing to before, but now you've made me comfortable. I guess now I'm willing to share. And oh man, there's the people, like I've heard this so many times where people are like, I've never shared this with anyone because it, like I say, it's one thing to share porn. It's another thing to share the type of porn. Yeah. And and then they say, oh, I feel so much lighter after. Like mm-hmm. this is just, I mean, constant. Yeah. People are always saying this, like, oh, mm. I finally got this secret out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, we've had, in the ministry, we've had, lots i mean there's been a desire a craving to to even like touch a child or hurt a child like they're not something that people haven't acted on but just this right. craving because maybe growing up they experienced that and they yeah. wanted to recreate it yeah yeah oh, exactly sure. i mean there's so many different things and so oh man how important it is to get it out mm, it is because you know what these things why we say this is because Often our hearts are locked up in chains. We're we're just we're we're not free to experience relationship with others and with God in the way that, you know, we can because of these hidden things that are just keeping us stuck. And you know what I'm gonna say about fantasy too is if we don't expose it, if we don't talk about it and get it out there, often fantasies have a way of advancing and getting worse and getting more uh, what's the word? 
perverse, I guess. Yeah, you know, yeah. they, they can grow and grow and fester with time. Yeah. And then eventually you get to the point where you might enact something out here. You know, we had a, an episode with Ravi, about Ravi Zacharias a little while ago. And I really believe that some of what happened with him was probably because of this. You know, he didn't deal with the fantasies of his life. Again, we don't want to, I don't want to assume anything about an individual, but, you know, we've seen this time and time again where people get caught in certain things that, you know, you would never think they would. And I think it really occurs because they, they've never dealt with these hidden, shameful things that, that really are advancing in behind the scenes in their life to the point where eventually they might act out something. So that's why when you reveal these things, when you talk about them, you get them out them, it frees you. God works in your heart. If you choose to hold on to them, it's funny, it eats you from the inside out. And uh, this way, if we get it out there, we remove the opportunity for these fantasies to grip our lives in such a destructive way. Yeah, I remember this one guy sharing with me I love this guy. He's like, he's so, he cracks me up. But he was sharing with me this incestual fantasy that he has. And he, and he, it had been like, it had been over a decade, a long time, just really just fantasizing about this constantly. And it got to the point where he tried acting on it mm, within his right. family. And he said to me, he's like, man, I know this is weird, but it's so normal in my mind. Yeah. Because it's been so long that I've been thinking about this. It got to the point where I'm like, well, if it's normal to me, it might be okay with them. Yeah. And so it's like you're saying, it it grows and the perversion of it becomes more normal. And so, man, imagine like within two months of having a fantasy, if you just expose it and yeah. get it out and start dealing with it and talking. Yeah. When you keep things hidden, it has power over you. But when you expose it, it loses its power. Mm, so true. And you know, then you can get ahead of it too. Like we always talk about being proactive. Often... There's so much reactive components to an addictive lifestyle, porn, um, and uh, sometimes fantasy as well. You know, we're very reactive in it. You know, like we feel bad, so we fantasize because we want to feel better. Um, We go to porn because we want to feel better. And then we're triggered often by things in life, and we're not aware of these triggers. We've talked about this in past podcasts, but going back to my story, having a woman that's a little bit more dominant over me, you know, one of the things I've recognized about that is I need to be cautious and careful. Even though I know where I am right now, I'm probably not going to act on anything. I'm sure I won't, but I don't want to go down a path where it's tied to some of these fantasies I may have had in the past. And for instance, you know, one of the things that I do to protect myself, often I have aches and pains, you know, my back, you know, I'm <laughs> getting older, you know, I need a massage therapist to help me out here. Right. And I think uh, that's just an excuse. <laughs> you guys go for like twice a week massages. So not true. <laughs> Don't buy it people at least once a week. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, one of the things that I do to protect myself and my wife, um, I will always make sure that the massage therapist that I get is an older woman, you know, and I'm, when I say older, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to offend anybody out there, but older than me. Okay. <laughs> and why, why I do that is because First off, I mean, if it's a younger girl massaging me, it's probably fine. But there's a component to me of my past fantasies that I don't want to entertain anything, even if it's in my mind. I don't want to give the enemy any kind of foothold in my life here. I want to protect my wife. I want to just, and as far as optics go too, I just want to not have any appearance of sin in my life at all. I don't want to, you know, put myself in a position. And I'm not saying going to a younger massage therapist is sinful. But for me, in my mind, knowing that though there's been fantasies tied to some of the things like that in the past for me, I'm not going there. 
and I'm going to do everything to be proactive in that moment. And I'm not perfect here, but this is an area because I've known some of my fantasies, I've known what it's tied to in my past. I can actually be proactive. I'm aware. I'm more aware of my surroundings. So now I go to a massage therapist that's, you know, motherly, <laughs> you know, and I like that, you know, an old Swedish woman or something, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and so that, that's, that's helped me and it protects me, protects my wife. And this is something that, you know, why I bring this up is because this can occur in your life as well, too. You start to recognize some of these areas that maybe are hot spots or landmines that you can avoid and navigate around so that you, you're not putting yourself in a really compromising position that may have been tied to past fantasy or things that you've tried to recreate in your mind. Yeah, and so you've recognized that this this desire to have a woman have power over you, it's not even just someone who's older, but it's just someone in a position yeah. who's attractive, who in a position that has power over. Right. So like a doctor's office, a, a masseuse, like you're talking about, it could be anybody who has power over you. So right. it, I'm just saying that because what happened when you were a kid was the girl who was older than you, yeah. you know, she acted out whatever her fantasy was. Right. And so or her experiment or whatever you call it. But, but other people could take that and they could go, okay, I'm always going to crave the older person. Yes. You can, it, I mean, we all respond differently. Yeah. And so you're just going, it's someone attractive and in a position of power over me. It's so interesting. We're so fascinating. Mm-hmm. When I was watching porn, uh, as a single guy, I always had this thought that oral sex was dirty, like both ways, like get a guy given to a girl, a girl given to a guy. I always thought it was dirty. So I'd like, I, I don't know, I guess I was more attracted to intercourse than porn, but that was always part of it, the oral sex. And so I'd see that, but I'd always think it was dirty. And I never really craved it personally. And then I got married and all of a sudden it was like, whoa, this is this is okay within marriage. Anything kind of goes. I mean, anything that's godly, which we believe that that is. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden in my mind, it just flipped. I'm like, hey, this isn't dirty anymore. Well, now I want it. And so just like in any marriage, it doesn't matter how often you're having sex or doing whatever. There's always more opportunities that you're where, you know, like you're not having it four times a day. And so it doesn't matter if I'm, if, if it's happened or if it's not happened, this idea in my mind about oral sex, about particularly about receiving it. I had never thought of it before I got married. And then I got married and it's like this thought like, okay, well now it's okay. I should get it all the time. And it's just not reality. And so that's, I talk about the, the fantasy to, to hook up with random people. The first few years of marriage, I've kind of like, that's been dealt with. This one, I still have to talk about. Like, I still talk about the Brad. And when I talk about it, he's like, yeah, I know. Like, I, I bring it up. I still have to bring it to prayer. I still have to talk about it because it's something that's, it's present. And so when Brad and I are saying, or Brad and saying like we're in process, we have to do what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I just have to go back and I have to realize like, Hey, why is this, why is this something that's in my life now that wasn't in my life before? Well, it's because I have this entitlement attitude that now that it's a- available in marriage, I should get it all the time. And so now I have to work on surrender and on dying to myself and I have to work on this stuff. So it's just so interesting how we relate to our fantasy because I was sharing this with one guy. I remember and he said, I don't really crave that. But he said, but what I crave is I crave giving it. I crave giving oral sex to women. And I'm like, oh, I, I, that's not really what I crave so much in terms of a perverse fantasy. And But if you look back at his life, the whole his whole life was he was trying to seek approval. He was trying mm-hmm. to do good for people, trying to be a people pleaser. 
And so then all of a sudden he's like, this is a way that I can please people. I want to fantasize about this because now I'm pleasing people. So I, I just want to say it again, so important to get it out and to expose it. I mean, we're sharing just on in a podcast, anybody can listen. We're sharing this stuff and you don't have to do that. But if you want to book a cleansing hour, I mean, that's such a safe place. There's no cost, no set cost. We ask for donation just for the time, whatever you can do. But but book a cleansing hour or find somebody in your life, get involved with a group mm-hmm. where you can expose this stuff because otherwise it's just going to continue to, like Brad's saying, grow and grow and grow in your life. Yeah, and you know, one of the beautiful things when you do this is God reclaims your desires because often our, our fantasies are linked to some kind of desire. Like we're talking about that guy. He had his desire to serve. How great is that? A yeah. desire to serve. I removed yeah. from what he's talking about, <laughs> doing that to girls. But yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's a great desire. And the enemy, he can't create anything. He can only twist and distort and lie. So he'll twist and distort our good desires, our God-given, and make him to something perverse and not good. So one of the beautiful things about you know exposing your fantasies is God reclaims those desires. And you can now be filtered to live out those in a healthy way. How freeing and amazing is that? Like that is where that really gets us pumped up because we've seen it in our own life. And one thing I'll say too, though, is fantasy isn't something that you are, once you've dealt with this in the rear view mirror of your life, fantasy is something you need to be aware of all the time because it can pop up. That's why there's that verse about taking every thought captive, right? Our minds, our thoughts can quickly go there. So training ourselves to, to recognize that, training ourselves to deal with it and invite Jesus into that moment right away, you know, shortening up that time so that God's dealing with it right away is really key too. We need to recognize this because different seasons bring different stressors, bring different circumstances. And then often we will want to go to fantasy because, you know, once you've done it in life, once you've had it in life, it becomes an ingrained behavior. It's easier to do. And that doesn't necessarily change in the sense of, you know, how we're built. But when God redirects us and we're able to take our thoughts captive, desires get filtered into better things. And then we shorten up the time uh, of how we, when we entertain those thoughts, we deal with it quicker so that we don't do that. So what I'm saying is just be aware, you know, fantasy isn't something that, you know, once you've dealt with one, that it's like a -a whack-a-mole, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You hit one, another one pops up. And we don't mean to say that to make you feel down or, oh, that sucks, you know? Eventually the moles get slower. They come come with less frequency, but they still come. That's right. But be aware of that too. But just think about that. That's the hope we give you. How amazing it is to have these desires reshaped restored, reclaimed, and then you can start living out of those in a good, healthy, loving way. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, you think that's, that's why Jesus talked about deal with the fantasy. He didn't say, don't watch porn, don't hook up with people. He didn't just say those things. He said, deal with the fantasy, the, the looking at someone with lustful intent in your mind. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. If you can deal with this stuff, man, nothing else sexually in terms of perversion will have a hold on you yeah. because the fantasy is at the very beginning of acting out. And so don't be so scared of confessing to the point where you don't. I just, I mean, honestly, like I always, I always laugh. I always encourage people at the start of when I do cleansing hours with people, because I'm like, are you nervous? They're like, yep. Every person, everyone's nervous (laughs) because it is a nerve wracking thing, but it's okay. And cleansing hours is not just about fantasy, but it's part of it. Uh, And so anyways, when you're dealing or when you're exposing this to anybody, you're going to be nervous, but be proud of yourself and realize that when you do this, I mean, when I, when people share with me, I'm always so proud of them. I'm like, oh man, like you share, you share incest. Like what a hard thing to confess. I'm so proud of you. 
And so find someone who's safe that you can do that with and you're going to receive love and, and literally just you can breathe. You can be like, oh, that felt so good to get out mm-hmm. once you receive that love in exchange for the confession. So, so yeah, I just encourage you to do that. And, and, and so when you do that, like talk about the kind of fantasy, talk about like where it came from, uh, even if there's more than one kind of fantasy. I mean, I just shared a couple that I've had since getting married that changed after change. It wasn't there when I was single. So share, you know, there might be different ones. Um, and if you're thinking about it, like what, what do I crave? Just think about, you know, your sexual fantasies, what the thoughts are in your head. Think about when you, if you're watching porn still, what are the categories that you go to, the ones that you click on? That has something to do with your fantasy and will reveal that. So we just want to encourage you to expose as much of it as you can in a safe environment. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we hope that this has been really helpful for you guys out there. Um, appreciate all of you that are, you know, sticking it out, like listening and growing and, and just getting porn on your lives, having freedom. We, we just so appreciate the journey that you've decided to come on by listening to this podcast and reach out to get further help like these cleansing hours and, and checking in with Matt, um, the, the stuff on the website or whatever else, the pure freedom journey, you know, really engage in these things. And we are praying for you. We hope the best for you. We know that God's with you. He's for you. And wherever you are, we'll bless you today. Thank you guys. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more, please visit purevictorypodcast.com to subscribe. This podcast was made possible by the generous donations of our subscribers. If you would like to help support the cause financially, once again, please visit purevictorypodcast.com.